Hey, welcome to Living Prayer Podcast. I'm John, and we're a podcast hosted by Gateway House of Prayer. And our goal is to encourage followers of Jesus to pursue a life of prayer. Today we had Stephen Fisher, the head pastor of Branch Community Church, with us. And he talked about his heart on the church being centered around prayer and worship. Hope you enjoy the episode. So, Stephen, it's, it's wonderful to have you here at Living yeah. Prayer Podcast. Thanks for coming and taking time out of your day. Uh, I just wanted to share, I, I first met you, I don't know if you remember this, back in like 20... <laughs> oh, boy. Se- it would have been 2017, I think, fall of 2017. I was told by this friend, you've got to go to this barn in the middle of, <laughs> was it was it Kinzer's area? Probably just south of New Holland. Yeah, south Kinzer's of New Holland, Kinzer's yeah. area. I, go I to this barn. We it's <laughs> called Upper Room. You've got to be there. I wonder how cold it was that night. <laughs> it was really cold. It was, oh we were God. all in our jackets. <laughs> and I pull up to this barn and there's like all, it's a Wednesday <laughs> night. Yeah, yeah. And there's all these cars out there, <laughs> and I'm I'm just like, man, what what am I what am I going? And I, I go into this room, and I literally, dude, I encountered the presence of God in mm, such a Lord. strong way. Like I was on yeah. my knees crying, and and it was cool. I just kind of gotten involved with Gateway a little bit too. I was new to the whole thing, but wow. man, I was so impacted, and I even remember the message still to this Whoa. day was by someone. I don't even know if it was you. Someone with a big beard. Did you have a beard back it was then? probably Jesse. I, I didn't have Jesse, a beard. It wasn't, so. it wasn't Jesse. If you said beard, I think Jesse right, right away. Right. Maybe it wasn't. Me I don't too. know. Anyways, this guy was talking about revivals and one and, and he was... Anyway, I won't go into it. But <laughs> it was so impactful to me. Um, yeah. And then it's been cool to see a little bit of your journey from that because you were yeah. part of that. Um, yeah. And then recently I learned that you, during that time, you were involved at Gateway. So anyway, we want to get into that, unpack a little bit of your story and your community that you serve with. Um, But can you tell us about your personal uh, kind of just entry into the kingdom and following Jesus? What was that like for you? Yeah, totally. So you want me to go all the way back to 2010? Okay, just real brief. And then we'll get into the I was 17 years old, um, you know, really didn't have a lot of purpose didn't have a real sense of like, why am I here? Where am I going? What mm-hmm. am I doing? All of that. Um, and so I just had this moment where, where really I was like, I give up. Like mm. I was raised in a really religious context. It was very much like rules-based, do this, do that, please God. And I thought I could do that until I was mm. 17. And I was like, yeah, I definitely can't do that. And so I just wow. moved I give up, like I'm done trying. Wow. And actually, I think that's what opened my heart to an encounter with the Lord because oh, it was yeah. a cut. Co- yeah, right. Yeah. So wow. a couple months. I'm kind of going into detail here at the beginning, but a couple yeah. months after that, this was 2010, probably March or April 2010. So I don't know, 13 years ago. Wow. Um, I actually just heard like the inner voice of the Lord. It was Whoa. the craziest thing because I had not mm. had anyone tell me that that can happen. I just mm-hmm. knew, and it was super simple. It was just Stephen. I have a plan for your life. And I just remember being like, I know this is God. Mm. And I have no idea what his plan is, but mine sucks. It's not working. (laughs) And I was like, I want to find it. And so I didn't get born again on the spot or anything like that. But it was just like something was planted inside of me. And over a series of events over the next three or four months, I was like, I want to follow Jesus. I want to give my life to the Lord. So that's really where the journey started. Mm. Um, So, man, just, yeah, I guess it has been a while now, 13 years ago. but. I would wow. say uh, some other significant milestones. I mean, 2012, then uh, experiencing the baptism of the Holy Spirit after wow. a year of just crying out to God for power and signs and wonders yeah, yeah. and not understanding, like, why isn't it happening? Were you around any people 
I was not. No. I didn't know there's anyone okay. in Lancaster County <laughs> who speaks in tongues. Yeah. I was well, like, uh, there's no one else going that, after this. Really? I just had no idea. I was really isolated. But I, I was researching on the internet. And I was like, I think the baptism of the Holy Spirit right, is real. But obviously right. I'm so confused because it's like, you know, and, and it was craziness. But yeah, then 2012, um, I ran into, I'm sorry, actually it was 2013. So three years after. Okay, so I okay. ran into uh, this this school called the Harvest School down in Sarasota, Florida. It was Heidi Baker's wow. school. Wow. Okay. And uh, got filled with the Holy Spirit. I so you like, went. Par- awesome. You were part of that school? I was or not. You just I just went. bumped into it. I was okay. in Florida. Literally, yeah, That's it's a crazy amazing. story, which we won't get into. Yeah. Otherwise, it take most of the podcast. That's okay. <laughs> that was a significant milestone. But I would say, really, the, the revelation of, I know mm. we're talking about prayer today and living prayer, mm. um, but I would say that revelation really started to land in my heart and impact me in such a significant way in 2014. Wow. Mm. Um, I don't know how to describe it other than there was just this anointing or this grace for intercession that started landing on my life. And it was connected to like, it was connected to like beginning to feel the Lord's heart for specific things, whether it was this region or people. But it was out of that, that the Lord started just calling me into a place of intercession. And I remember very specifically, there was two things. And again, I was still pretty isolated. Like, I, yeah. I again, I had no idea Gateway existed. This is 2014, so it's yeah. going wow. strong, but I had no clue. And I'm in like 40 minutes away. If I didn't know, yeah. oh, my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. but this is 2014. I had no idea. It was mostly just me and my guitar in my room. Wow. But mm. there was these two uh, resources, I guess you could say. One was uh, Jason Hershey from David's Tent was mm-hmm. teaching yeah. for a week in YWAM on prayer. And so I jumped onto this podcast, and I just remember just being absolutely glued to this podcast. Wow. And I just remember, like, my heart just exploding with this revelation of, like, the significance of prayer and the secret wow. place. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did an amazing job teaching it. Then the other was International House of Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I found them online over that same season. And right. So wow. it was really catalytic for me in my journey with the Lord. Um Honestly, the revelation of prayer and, and what it means to live prayer, which is what we're talking mm. about today, I would say has been one of the most significant um, kind of turning points in my journey, for sure. Wow, that was 2014 wow. and, and uh, really kind of set the table for everything that came after. I'll say this yet before we yeah, move on. And it's yeah. just that in 2013, um, this kind of prefaces what 2014 meant for me. But 2013, mm. I, I felt like, man, I want to go to YWAM. I want to go to this DTS. Right, right. And so my parents didn't want me to go. My church didn't want me to go. But I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm following God, not man. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like gearing up, application sent, all of this. And the Lord just like arrests me. And he's like, listen wow. to your church. Listen to your parents. Mm. Like, you need to slow down. Whoa. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just want to go. I just honestly, I just wanted out. Of yeah, yeah. Like, mm. I was just done. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm out. How old were you at that time? I was, oh my goodness, probably 20 or 21. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I want to say probably 21. And I wrestled with the Lord for about three weeks before surrendering it. And when I surrendered it, i never forget it. He just spoke so clearly. He said, if you will stay back, I will lay a foundation in your life for the next 30 years. And that's exactly mm. what happened immediately after that. This was late 2013. The first wow. four months of 2014, I have I had what were up to this point still the most significant encounters in my life. I had a series Mm. of encounters that absolutely marked me for prayer, marked me for the secret place, Mm. and just honestly has been just a foundation that I've been living Mm. out of ever since. 
And so anyway, it's just a little bit Can you about give us me, like one. Like I know some of those things are really yeah, like yeah. personal. Yeah, but no, it's OK. I think the, there's, there's there's definitely one that probably would translate the best because some of them take a lot of context and background because the Lord yeah. speaks mm-hmm. our heart language. Right, right? right. But the one that would probably translate the best is uh, this was about March of 2014. And I was in the secret place. I was I was praying and um, I just began to see this vision of Jesus. Right. Mm. And it was like he was speaking, but I couldn't hear. Right. And I was like, no, like I can't hear what he's saying. And I remember just going like, in Jesus' name, I can hear. Whoa. And it was like immediate. There was just three phrases that just like landed. Again, it was sort of like, it wasn't like an open vision, but like it right. was it was a pretty strong picture. Right, right. <laughs> so again, and I, I think about this probably every week. Uh, in tough seasons, I think about it every day. Wow. This is what he said. He said three phrases I never forget. He said, you're my friend. And he said, you're not a quitter. And he said, it's more than a dream. And I don't know, those three things Ooh. just, and again, <laughs> he speaks the language of our heart, That's right? Amazing, and so bro. I could go into why mm. that meant so much and all of that. But honestly, there have been many times um, where I have wanted to quit in mm. terms of saying, God, like, I just want to go like, live in the mountains somewhere, not have to do with people, right, not have to right. do ministry, not have to be so out. busy. Right. Like, can I just like scale back all mm-hmm. of this? And every time I think of that encounter, I'm like, Man. no, like if he said I'm not a quitter, then I can't quit, Man. right? Um, wow. And there, and, and, all, and obviously wow. just the friendship with the Lord, like just yeah. that being the foundation for life and, Man, it just so that's what I'm talking about when I say like yeah. that season yeah. really became a foundational season wow. for me, and it really came out of just surrender of what I thought I was supposed to do. Right. Um, so anyway, that's just a little bit about my journey. Right. So that, that takes us right up to 2014. Yeah. yeah. So. So, so you you had the personal encounter. And yes. You have the revelation of prayer. Yes. Where did you, where did you see yourself going after that? And like, mm. what was what was like the first initial like? Okay, like mm-hmm. God, I am your friend. I am. Yeah. I am. Uh, I'm not a quitter and it's not it's not yeah. just a dream. What was what was the next steps after yeah. that? Honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know. Okay. There was two things. One was I wanted to I wanted to be a missionary. So I mm-hmm. wanted to spend the rest of my life in the nations. So even though he had told me to stay back from YWAM, I still was like at some point I'm going to be released to go. So that was really my ambition. That was really what I wanted to right. do. And then the other thing was and this was a bit more short term and practical. He said raise up five disciples in Lancaster. No way. And I love that. That, was it was just, that was one of the first things he said to you. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. No yeah. Way. And so I've been a believer about four years at this point. Yeah. Um, and so I just felt like you said during your time here in Lancaster, you need to raise up five disciples. Wow. And so I really went after that. I didn't quite raise up five, but right, it was good. Right. Um, <laughs> it's such a cool um, yeah. uh, word from the Lord. I feel but like for the most, most people, part, yeah. I was just like working and wishing I wasn't here and wondering why I was still here. And <laughs> wow. it was, it was, yeah. So it wasn't really a grand plan or a grand design for sure not. Wow. Um, but wow. I just felt like he was marking my heart in significant ways. And a lot of, a lot of the response as well was just prayer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like, man, yeah, there's seasons when I'm like, I need to get back to that prayer life, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Feel that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's a great question though. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to talk a little bit about like upper room and how yes. that got started. Yes. Um, so yeah. How did you, did you get, did you help? Were you in the beginning first stages off, of it? Off, what's upper yeah. room? Yeah. What's what, upper room? Yeah. Yes. What was so, upper room? By upper room, uh, obviously we all know that you're talking about just a group of young adults that yeah. the Lord did a beautiful thing in 2015. Mm-hmm. It was really a group of young adults that came together around the pursuit of the presence of God Mm. and in prayer and in worship and just a great, just a vibrant community that kind of grew out of that. So 
Uh, and then, of course, we'll talk about this a little later, but the Upper Room eventually grew into a church plant, yeah. which we now call Branch Community. And my wife and I are pastoring that today. So when we talk about Upper Room, yeah, um, yeah, and this awesome. isn't this, that's the barn that this, I showed yeah, up at. This is <laughs> at the Upper Room in Texas, Jerusalem. Or, right. or, or, yeah, or Jerusalem. Or Jerusalem. <laughs> this is the Upper Room in Lancaster. This is one two thousand years ago. Right, I was right. there. You were there so. <laughs> in that moment. God took you in an open vision. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Oh, uh, yeah. So this Maybe is we the should barn talk in about New Holland. Yes. the Upper Room real quick. Yeah, just actually, in case someone doesn't know, preface it a little bit. Why, why the name Upper Room? You know, what's significant about yeah, I didn't phrase. choose it. It's an amazing name. The only reason we didn't keep it is because Upper Room in Dallas was at that time becoming sure. so well known. Mm-hmm. And right. so we're like, man, we probably need to choose a different name. Right. Um, but yeah, it was, I'll just say this. So we're just kind of jumping in here in 2015. Yeah. But I would say in that first season, like we were really casual about structure, framework, vision, leadership, but we were passionate about pursuing God. Wow. Mm. And I don't know that we struck the right balance. But it was pretty good for that season. Yeah. And so because we were so casual about it, like we didn't have a name. And we started talking about uh, building this prayer room uh, upstairs in, in the barn there in New Holland. Wow. And I think it was Chad Leinbach that was like, man, we should call this upper room. And it just wow. stuck. Wow, so nice. that's how we got the Which name. The, the original upper room, just in case anyone doesn't know, is right after Jesus left, mm-hmm. uh, ascended right. to heaven. He told yeah. his disciples wait for the power uh, the Holy Spirit to come before you go out and do the things I've called you to do. So they yeah. just hold up right in the upper room and they prayed and worshiped for 10 days. And then the yeah. Holy Spirit came and yeah. poured out his presence. So that's the, that's the probably what you guys were talking or thinking totally. of. Uh, yes. In your, we in your felt mind. like that, that was, we related to that in so many ways because mm-hmm. it felt like, you know, just like God birthed the first church out of that upper room. It yeah. felt right. like, he was in the process of birthing something out of the place of seeking him and prayer and all of that. And that's right. really been his template for 2000 years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What was some of your favorite like experiences of that season of meeting for upper room and yeah. um, what was happening in your heart too? Yeah. During minus, that finding, time? minus finding your wife. Yeah. yeah. Come on. Come on. That, that <laughs> that's right a whole there, podcast yes, probably too. Totally. So yeah, I met my wife there so we can start with that. She started it. She was okay. the, she was kind of the founder, the instigator. And again, it was very casual. It was like, hey, let's gather a few friends. Let's pray. This was 2015 uh, in her parents' basement. And so it grew from there. I jumped in when it was already 10, 12 people. So it was, mm-hmm. it, there was already, it was rolling. Um, sorry, I forget what the question was. So, uh, yeah, what was during that season? Yes, um, some highlights. What, yeah. Some of that. What Man, happened? I think a lot of it was just, so we were all young adults. We were all single at that time. It didn't yeah. last long, fortunately. <laughs> um, but a lot of it was just, realizing like, man, I'm not alone in this pursuit. Right. Yeah. And so different ones of us had honestly really been going after the Lord in a pretty sincere way for a period of time. Yeah. Um, you know, one to five years, which felt mm. really long, feels really long when you're 22. Right. Right. Um, <laughs> Your whole life. Yeah. It's right. like, man, I've yeah. been pursuing the Lord my whole life. It's like, dude, you're like <laughs> four that. years old. You know? <laughs> I'm only three years into it. Come and I'm on, like, man. man, it's a lifetime. <laughs> yes. yes. So good. Um, but a lot of it, I think some of the, what was so powerful about it was just realizing like, I'm not alone in this pursuit. And there was just a, I would say one of the things that was really powerful, there was just a purity, right? Mm -hmm. There was such a purity. There wasn't, there wasn't an agenda to build anything or become anything. It was just, we want God. Right. And, uh, Mm. it was special. It was really special. Like I said, the Lord did a beautiful thing in bringing people together. Those relationships endure to this day. Obviously the Mm. wineskin has changed many times. Even Mm. the name has changed, all of that. Mm -hmm. But it was a profound season of encountering God. Um, So many moments where we just didn't want to leave. 
Well, it'd be like 10 o'clock at night and we had people that were getting up at three, four o'clock to go to work the next morning and we just didn't want to leave. Right. It was just like God is in the room right now and there was no mm. worship leader. There was no prayer leader. We were just encountering him. There was a mm. lot of spontaneous songs. It was a, it was a beautiful season. Mm. I've never seen anything quite like it uh, before since, honestly. Mm. And I think it was for that season. I'm not trying to replicate that today. Yeah, right. right. But, um, when you talk about highlights, I think it was just that was was realizing the community that gets formed in the place of prayer and wow. in the pursuit of God yeah. is the kind of community that I want to be in oh, yeah. for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. mm. And I remember going, this is the kind of community I want my kids to grow up in. Right, like, right. Where really it is, I think there was such a revelation of authentic community in that season because all of us had been in a lot of community and again, in a lot of religious contexts. Yeah. And just realizing, like, man, there's an authenticity that comes when Jesus is at the center. And we actually, we gather around him and we gather to go after him. Um, That's really where the language that we still use today, which is we are a presence-centered people. Like, Mm. we know what that means because of that season. Because Mm -hmm. we're saying we're presence-centered. Like, his presence and the reality of who he is is really at the center of our life as a community. So it's not community for the sake of community. It's not even community for the sake of mission, right. although that's mm. really important. Yeah, yeah. But it's actually, it's community around his presence. I think that was my highlight of that season. That's yeah. what that marked me for. For me personally, I was coming out of a prolonged season of isolation Yeah, yeah. Uh, where I didn't even realize how unhealthy it had gotten because I was just in my own head a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, spending tons of time with the Lord, but not a lot of time with other people. Yeah. And yeah. so... Really, for me, my next stage stage of growth and discipleship was just spending more time with yeah. other people and like rubbing shoulders. Can more, you so. can you explain that yeah. dynamic a little bit? Because I feel like I feel like there's this there's this huge thing on like obviously the secret place, and there's yeah. like we we go to the secret place and we meet God there. But can you explain your dynamic and what you saw? Uh, you explained it a little bit, but like that isolation part of like setting yourself apart yeah. and then realizing, yeah. well, I need to be surrounded around people. And yeah. like, what did that form? Obviously, you had the upper room, but like what yeah. what kind of dynamics did you see with the with the people involved? How did yeah. leadership form? You said you were very structured and very like... Um, uh, but also presence-centered. Yeah, so we were not very structured. It was very open. Oh, it was very gotcha. casual. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow. Yeah. So can you explain, like, the difference between, um, like, isolating yourselves? Because I feel like yes. there are times of consecration right. and, like, getting, yeah. getting like, alone with the Lord and, yeah. like, 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 purifying and all that stuff. But then there's the moments of, like, going into, like, building community and building yeah. a, a group yeah. around that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it is something that... Um, Man, it can be tricky to navigate, but because you're right, God calls us out sometimes. Like He, I think all of us to some extent will have those desert seasons, mm-hmm. kind of like Jesus had, where He was He was driven by the Holy Spirit into right, the wilderness right. for forty days. Obviously, you know we could go down the list: Moses, David in the cave, yep, yep. on and on. So I think that is a reality, and for me, uh, probably the first four months of 2014 kind of represent that. But then it just kind of continued by default because I wasn't really putting myself out there a lot relationally right. and pushing myself. And I think what happens is is it's very easy to become insular and to become isolated. Mm. And man, there is just like the I just think the context of community is where growth happens. Right. And where discipleship really right. happens. Like it's pursuing him together, being yes. on the road with Jesus yep. together. Mm. Um, there's just so many things that we think about ourselves that aren't true. Mm. And that never Go gets there. exposed <laughs> when we don't mm. really engage right, with people. Right, right, right. It's when we really go after life on life, 
when we realize like, man, like I really need to work in this area of pride. Well, or like yeah. I really need to work in this area of offense mm-hmm. or this area of comparison mm. or on and on. I mean, the context of community just brings all of that stuff out. Right. Yeah. Um, just like parenthood does, just like yeah. marriage does. Um, yeah. I yeah. feel like it can go kind of just from observation and sometimes feeling that way as well. Um, like feeling isolated, feeling kind of doing my own thing. I feel like you can kind of go two different ways and maybe it's a personality thing too, but there can definitely be like a pride that comes in, you know, where you start yeah. to feel like yeah. you're like um, Elijah, I'm right? Prayer. He was just yeah. like, I'm the only one doing this. And God's yeah. like, wait, actually there's 7,000 people <laughs> totally. in the Old totally. Testament. Um, But I think, you know, we start feeling that and then it's really easy to start. And I see this sometimes online. People start talking, the church, the church right, of this, right, the church that. Right. And I'm like, Wait, so first, you're the church. You're part of it. So mm-hmm. you speaking about yourself here. Usually it doesn't sound like that, you know. Right. Um, but it's this right. kind of view of like the whole church is mm-hmm. just. We're all wrong. Doing it wrong. Right. And now here I am. <laughs> and that, so that can happen. But I think then there's probably some people too. Maybe we don't see it online, but mm-hmm. can go the opposite way where you can really start to get down on yourself. And like this sense of like failure or just. Yeah, like you're missing, you're missing yeah. God's call in your life, yeah. and like you're somehow you're dysfunctional. Um, yeah. Which maybe maybe you are operating dysfunctionally yeah, at that moment, right. but it's yeah. it's not a like if anyone's listening and is in that season, like yeah. we need you. You know, I'm yeah. just if there's anyone hearing this, like we need you in the church. You're important, um, and you're not that important. Like yeah. <laughs> that, that you can do it all by yourself, yeah. right? Yeah. You actually yeah. told me this a while back. Um, I, I don't know if you remember this. Yeah, you said it. (laughs) I'll never forget this, bro. You said it to our community. Actually, it wasn't just to me personally. (laughs) You said, you said, Tim, you're you're just so full of pride. No, you said to our community. You said, thanks for having me, bro. Uh, Absolutely, (laughs) that's not what you said, but um, I'm sure I've walked that way sometimes. But you were talking about our community because we were actually in a similar season, John and I, and some friends. Yes, you guys can relate to this at times. Yeah, and we were starting a house church plant, um, which is a whole story, but. Remember you, you said, look, remember you're part of the story. You're not the whole story. Do you remember? I don't know if you remember saying that, but I we, remember we talking like, about that, about us. We talked yeah, about that all yeah, the time. Yeah. And I feel like that's yeah. very similar to this right. isolation thing. Right. It's like, look, we're all part. We all have an important part, but we yeah. can't be the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. Can't be the whole enchilada, yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> on our own. And that's yeah. why we need each other. So there's like a degree of humility that comes in right, community. Yeah. Um, so, so anyway, totally. that's kind of off track, yeah. but, uh, so, for the sake of time, like mm. I, I want to know if that that concept of like you're the part, but you're not the whole part, but also like like reaching out a little bit, like how did you transfer from upper room to mm. to the the branch now? You, yeah, you, yeah, you, 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 yeah. Pastor of the branch, and and you have a congregation that meets now every every Sunday, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. It was it was a journey. It really was. Um, and I think a lot of that honestly had to do with. A lot of that had to do with spiritual fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. It really did because um, we were just kind of going for it, and we ran into the obstacles that everyone does, you know. Um, and we didn't really know what to do next. We we're like, where do we go from right. here? A mm-hmm. lot of us had a sense that like this, this, there's still something there or something. There's a way forward, in other words, mm-hmm. wow. because just because we meet and it's amazing doesn't mean it has to go on indefinitely right yeah Yeah. like there are some times when it's like man that was good for that season and now it's time to move on it didn't feel like that Mm -hmm. it kind of felt like the lord had a purpose that hadn't been fulfilled Mm. um and so we just kind of you know we were asking a lot of questions like what is this like is this a prayer meeting is it a youth group is it a church plant 
Is it a missions movement? Uh, we just weren't sure. Mm. And so that transition, it was probably about, I mean, from, from the basement in 2015 until church plant in 2020, I mean, that's five years. Wow. And so it was a journey of just five walking that out. Room. Yes, wow. five years of... And that's also when this picture was taken in between. So we're, maybe yeah, we, we can even do a there. quick... I don't know how I missed that picture. I was looking <laughs> at the one down here. Yes. Okay, so. maybe that's why. Yeah. There's, I don't totally. know if anyone on the camera can see, but Stephen, you're back towards the, the upper left. Yeah. And Crystal, yes. your wife, is right I there. I see us right there. Wow. 2018. That's so right in the middle. That's of, actually a great spot to jump in sure. because yeah. 2018... Uh, we were still meeting weekly. We we're still mm -hmm. praying every Wednesday night. It would have been just prior to that yeah. when you came to the barn. Yep. It was. It had to be so cold that night. I remember meeting in the barn, and it's literally forty degrees. Yeah, it was got to be like close. jackets were not enough. It's like blankets. I feel like I could right? see my breath yes, while we were worshiping. Totally. <laughs> I'm like, I remember playing guitar, and like my fingers were just totally yeah, numb. Yeah, right. It was like. Uh, I've thought that before. <laughs> so yeah. Um, but yeah, it was. It was. It was. We were still meeting every week for prayer. Uh, but then in 2018, actually, is when Crystal and I came and did the Embark internship with wow. Gateway House of Prayer. And the other thing I'll say about that whole season, 2015, 16, 17, 18, is we actually were taking at different times, and not just Crystal and I, but various people from the upper room, were taking watches at Gateway. Okay. I remember the one watch in particular that we had for probably six months. It was 12 to 2 in the morning on a Saturday morning. And again, even some of the DNA, the night watch, yes, bro. The night watch. But honestly, that is like it was such a foundational season for us. Mm. Even looking back, like there's things the Lord just kind of landed in our DNA right, right. through our connection with Gateway and the night watch that are instrumental to this day. I wow. mean, there is something about man when you when you transition to planting a church like. In America, in the 21st century, like kind of the people attractional model has kind of won the day. Right. Mm. Like we really go about wow. it from the standpoint of how can we get people to come mm. and how can we get people to engage. And I know I'm kind of jumping ahead here, but that thing was like a buzzsaw for us mm. in planning a church. Wow. It's just running smack into all of the expectations of what a church is supposed to look like. Right. And feeling like, man, but there's some things in our heart and in our DNA that we feel like just are not expressed in this world. Wow. Wow. Hmm. And really, it's that night watch reality of 12 to 2 in the morning. You know, maybe there's you guys one, are driving two, all the way three, up four, five front. people. Wow. Um, and, you know, there's no one in the room. And yeah. you're, you're, really, you're ministering to the Lord and showing up for that week after week. It changes your value system. Mm. Mm. Um, were you guys playing worship together or was we it more were, prayer? Yeah. yeah, we were okay, in a team wow. together. So Crystal, who's our worship pastor now, is leading the set. Um, we would jump in at different roles, whether it was prayer leader or uh, we, we had that. you know, a guitarist and different. Yeah, it was great. It was amazing. So Gateway was such a big part of our journey from 2015 mm. on, even in that 2015 season. I mean, that was an incredible season for mm -hmm. Gateway and ECC and all the things mm -hmm. that were happening. So we were up here a lot. We were up here all the time. Wow. Um, Tuesday nights, the Friday morning or the Saturday morning prayer set. Okay. Um, so it's so wow. influenced us yeah. and in our formation. And you took those uh, watches before you did the Embark internship? Right. Okay. Right. And so 2018, Chris and I felt this draw to the Embark internship. We, we weren't sure why, um, but we jumped in and went for it. It was a wild season. Jade mm -hmm. was about four months old. Um, we were in business at the time as well. We were leading the Wednesday nights. It was just a wild season. Wow. We're like, God, why are you That's asking us wow. to do this? And long story short, what ended up happening through 
the Embark internship is we got connected to Harvest Net. Oh, sweet. Cool. So that's how we got connected Jimmy and Lydia Nyman, yep, yep. Uh, Barry and Cheryl Barry Whistler, Whistler. Yep. Uh, you know, just many of the leaders there. And they were really the ones that spoke a lot of life into the idea of planning a church. Right. Because mm-hmm. up until that point, we didn't feel, uh, we didn't even really feel called to. We definitely mm. feel qualified to. Mm. And we kind of felt like, man, right, there's right. got to be some kind of stamp of approval on our leadership and on our ministry to kind of take that step. Mm-hmm. And so they really walked us through that beginning in 2018 it was a very significant part of the journey okay and it was in 2019 when we started to have a lot of conversations about i think it's time to plant a church wow, wow. and so yeah march of 2020 is when we planted branch community okay um right in the teeth of the covid pandemic and so we met right. once wow. we right. met for a launch meeting uh, our launch date was i don't know like march 12th or something it was a sunday evening of at that time yes okay. of 2020 and we talked about like maybe we should just cancel this right because at the time we were saying like 21 days to flatten the curve like right. that's where we were if yeah, you guys yeah, remember yeah. so we're like we should probably just cancel like we can wait 21 days yeah and there was just something that was in in us in that meeting we're like no like let's do this <laughs> like let's plant this church right right looking back now i'm like man we would i don't know if we would have planted yeah yeah because like you know wow. we we launched the church in march and then we couldn't meet in that building again for six months. Wow. And so we were like, we have no idea who's part of our church. Like, right. I think we had maybe like 100 people there when we launched, which was a lot for us. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, we have no idea. Like, we don't know who's in or like what's happening. Were you guys doing there. a live stream kind of service? We were not doing point? live stream. No. We were doing uh, home groups and we were doing prayer meetings. Wow. wow. And so we had, you know, a group that were involved in yeah. that. But we just had no idea when we started meeting again, like who's going to come back, yeah. who's going to be there. And so, yeah, it was wild, just a wild ride. Planning a church in 2020. Yeah, yeah and honestly, you know, 2020 was a really hard year for a lot of people, mm-hmm. obvious for, again, for reasons that are pretty obvious. Right, right. Um, but in some ways for us, it was so, the, the idea of planning a church and what was happening in kind of the bigger dynamics of the globe, mm-hmm. like it seems almost like looking back, like that whole season was so laced with adrenaline. Right. Mm. Where it was like everything was like wide open. Right. And we were like planning this church. And it was actually like a pretty good year for That's us. That's awesome. Wow. Like we got the church established and we got it rolling. And then I think some of the harder things probably hit in 2021. Wow. So can you can you go into yeah. some of those like struggles that you totally that you yeah. Hit? So I would say 2020, again, so much of it was just, it was almost like riding a high. Like we were so excited about mm. planning a church and the fact that people actually came and the fact that we were kind of doing this thing. We were right. like, wait, mm-hmm. like this is actually happening. Like it was really exciting. Um, and then I would say 2021 is when I started to realize that, you know, vision's pretty easy compared to culture. Mm. Like, it's not that hard to like, this is the vision that God has given us and let's go after it with all we got. Mm. But when it comes to like the brick by brick work of like building culture that really comes through consistency and just example. And it really comes through saying yes to a few things and no No to to a whole lot of things. Right. And it was just hard. It was hard to do. And so 2021, I personally struggled a lot in the ministry. It was, a, it was a hard season for us as a church as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was kind of just in the, in the process and the pressure of saying like, okay, so now there's this church that's been planted. Like, mm-hmm. how do we steward this? Yeah. How do we grow this? That I would say that 
we probably began to stray from some of our core values. Mm-hmm. Um, and I talked about this a little bit before, but you know, the attractional model where it's really about how can we get people in the door and get them to have a good time and get them to engage somehow mm-hmm. um, has really become almost unquestionable in the church mm-hmm. planning right, world. Right. And I'm not saying that's wrong because I think it has tremendous value because God told us to love people yeah. and to pursue yeah. them and to win the lost and to disciple mm. people and all of that. But I would say that what God really put into our hearts um, in terms of who he's calling us to be and just being a present center people mm. was we actually want to create a space that attracts him Yeah. Mm. and and to wow. build that. and. Wow. I think we really strayed from that. I, I shouldn't say we really strayed from that mandate, but I think we probably lost sight of that different times yeah, yeah. in those in those first couple of years. And it's not like we've at all arrived today, right? right as we sit right. here, 2023. But I would say one of the things that has solidified, kind of through that um, through that pruning process, mm-hmm. is we do have a lot more clarity around who we are, yeah, and what we're supposed to carry and what we're supposed to build, right, right. Mm. Um, and some of that is just the things that have characterized the church for mm. 2,000 years, right? Yeah. Win the lost, make disciples, right. you know, send people out. Yes, prayer, wow. worship, the word. Um, but I think in some ways we've really, we've really had to come to grips with like, we really can't get away from this mandate of creating a place for him to dwell and a right. place that God wants to show up in. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really supposed to be our approach, mm-hmm. right? And some of it is just John 15, abide in the vine and bring forth much right, fruit. Right. Mm-hmm. But man, it was it was hard to hold that line. Like mm-hmm. it's one thing to sit here and, and say like, yes, like we have to like, you know, we got to make sure that our space is attractive to God and we got to host his presence and all of that. It's another thing to have empty prayer meetings week after right. week after week yeah. and be like, I don't think this works. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's another thing to have like just, you know, all mm. of the things that come with church planning, whether it's pastoral care, right. whether it's conflict resolution, whether it's structure, leadership, whether it's the budget, whatever mm-hmm. it is, all of these things mm-hmm. kind of on your plate that are screaming for your attention and to say, today I'm going to pray. Right. You know? Mm. And it just is... Um, some of those things, I think we've just had to walk oh, out. Right, we've just, right. you know, we've, we've, like, I can't wait to write the definitive book on church planning mistakes. <laughs> you know, it's like we made, we made them, we made so many yeah. of them. But again, yeah. there's, um, and wow. we're still making mistakes today. Like we're not, we fail forward. We right. honestly do. I think that's the beauty um, of it, though, that like even, <laughs> even though like, all right, we're we're obeying the Lord, and we're like, mm, we feel yeah. like the Lord called us to this. Like, yeah. we're still gonna make mistakes, and that's yeah, I feel like that's the grace of the Lord, and and even like. Um, I love I love what you guys are doing. Um, in like you just mentioned that you feel like you walked away from some of your values, some of your core values. But then, yeah. but then like even like coming back to your church like recently, like and and seeing like you guys have a house of prayer and you guys yeah. are like you you just taught on a like a few months ago on the on returning the tabernacle of the Lord right and how the yeah. presence is coming back here and just declaring yeah. that over your church yeah so I would love to I would love to hear and like um you can just talk about like what was the process of recognizing that okay we've stepped back from what the Lord has originally called us yeah. to and we're going to take these steps to to actually like yeah. uh do what the Lord wants us to do yeah yeah, it's a really good question. I think a lot of it was just <clears throat> saying, like, what's in our, what, what has the Lord put in our hearts? Right. What, like, how do we define success? 
And like, it wasn't that everything that we did failed, right? But right. Some, even some of the things that go well, it's like, wait a minute, like I thought this would feel so different. Mm. Right. <laughs> like I, wow. I thought it would feel so different to have a full house on a Sunday morning. Right. And it's like, actually like, that's not really how you define such a, success. That's such a good point. You know? Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just all the empty prayer meetings, although there was plenty of those. Um, but there was also times when I was like, man, this is like really working, but it's not working in here. Right. Like it's not meeting something that I feel like we're supposed to meet. And so I wow. think it, a lot of it was just defining success mm-hmm. and really doing that as a team mm-hmm. and as a leadership team and just saying like, what, like, how do we define success? What are we going after? Yeah. And we, we had some, we had some really, we had some times of just searching and, and seeking the Lord right. and saying, mm-hmm. like, what is that God? Like, help us out here. Yeah. And then I think just realizing in some of those meetings, like we're all saying the same thing mm. and it all starts with him. Mm-hmm. And it all starts with like, again, that same vision of a people who truly are presence centered, like the purpose of our community is not the mission that we're on, although that's important. Right. It's not even the people in it, although they matter a ton, right? right. Yeah. But it's really about being centered around who he is yeah. and mm. saying, you know, Jesus, you set the culture. Like, let's wow. let's have a culture of you. Mm-hmm. Like, let's have a culture of like, and, and that sounds really vague. It really isn't. It's concrete. It's prayer and worship. Right, right. Mm. It's prayer and worship. It's his word. Like, it's talking to him, staying in the conversation with him, mm. and just insisting on that reality. Yeah. I mean, I think you could go to every church in America, every church, and they would say that prayer is important. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so we know that. We know that prayer is important. Right. But I think the how that gets lived out and how that gets carried out so many times kind of belies our answer to the question wow. whether wow. Or not prayer is important. Yeah. Um, because there's just so many things that we can find to do or that we mm. want to do other than truly just stay in the conversation with the Lord. And so when I talk about hosting his presence, when I talk about being a presence-centered people, mm. some of that sounds a little ethereal. I don't want it to. Really what I mean is just it's a lot of prayer. Mm. And it's a lot of just, man, it's boring today, but I'm staying in the conversation. Right. Well, like I'm not getting any crazy encounters right now, but I'm just staying in the conversation. Lord, right. mm. like... I love that. You know? I love that. Even that phrase that you're using, staying in the conversation. And I, I wonder why it seems like even in church, because I've been I've been in some church circles, even planting circles in schools, yeah. and I'm not trying to you know, talk down on that. Um, but it does sometimes seems like, seem like we, we feel like, yeah, church is maybe designed as this vehicle for impact, right, on the world. Mm-hmm. And prayer is like the fuel. Like you just got to make, make sure you have it. Like you need yeah. it. Yeah. versus actually what you're talking about, what I'm hearing anyway, of saying, no, it's it's more than just the way we get something done. And yeah. we've talked about this a lot on this podcast. Yeah. Um, okay. Like prayer yes. isn't just an yes. activity um, that, you know, to 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 do that improves some other it's just aspect. It's not just a means to it's, an end. It's not a means right? to an end, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, it yeah. actually is a sacred calling, and it's priesthood. What the yeah. Bible talks about a yeah. lot in, this, in these terms is the idea of a priest... Um, in a temple who's ministering before the Lord. And yeah. then in the New Testament, that gets multiplied out where yeah. where all of a sudden you start reading in Revelation these places where he's saying, no, like you bought people to yeah. be priest unto yeah. God. Yeah. You know, you you purchased the nations to be able to come back and minister to God. That's that's what we yeah. lost in the fall. Yeah, And so I feel like what you're talking about is so um, 
so valid. And I think that if churches and, and communities in general can start to realize like, yeah. man, this is like, this is the epitome of being a Christian is talking to God, <laughs> yeah. you know? And like, I mean, yeah. I remember thinking like people even to this day t- have told me like heaven better not just be like a worship time, you know, like yeah. it's, it's gotta be a lot of fun. I'm like, I, I hear what you're saying. And yes, yeah. I think there's a lot going to go on, but let's, you know, boil it back. Why would that be a problem? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do we think literally just sitting, gazing oh. at the presence of God for eons of time, that's somehow less than, yeah, you know, and, and of course we don't want to say that, but I, I just, I think you're, you're pointing out some things that are so important and it's really encouraging to know that. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people yeah. honestly like you and like the branch where oh, totally, totally. I think it's, I there's think, a massive global movement yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I love yeah. it. Um, man, how would you encourage other leaders um, who yeah. maybe are hearing this and being like, man, that's what I want for our community. Yeah. Yeah. I would just say that it's almost too simple. Um, <laughs> you know, I think yeah. it's really indicative of our prayer cultures that we connect prayer with boredom mm. rather than prayer with creativity. Wow. Mm. And yet, like, we live in this word-activated universe, mm. and that that prayer is, you know, it's the interaction with God. I, I when we, were, when we were talking about this, I had yeah. to think of John Wimber and the Vineyard Movement. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, You guys have probably heard of him, but uh, early in his ministry, he struggled a lot with burnout and just feeling ineffective, and this went on for a while. And he had this encounter with the Lord where the Lord said, I've seen your ministry, now I want to show you mine. Um, and I've been praying that for like a year and a half, ever since I read it in his biography, I've been like, God, like, you know what my ministry looks like, like, it's pretty weak and ineffective, but like, would you minister through me? Like, would you, would you manifest your ministry through me? Right. And I don't think that's possible without being saturated in that conversation between father, son, and Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. which is again, just prayer. So, you know, um, I would encourage any leader to establish a culture of prayer. And right. it's like, again, is that vague? I mean, it's really just telling people, stay in the conversation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, don't quit, you know? Um, many times, I think people are discouraged and sometimes embarrassed to pray because they're like, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if what I'm thinking about God is supposed to be what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. And I think we've made prayer a lot of times an intellectual activity. Yeah. Um, even meditation sometimes can be almost like uh, a lot of pressure to think the right thoughts about God and to make sure that it's gone to a certain depth Mm. that actually becomes really difficult and burdensome for a lot of people. And so I think there's this, there is this call that needs to go out for a simplicity in prayer where it's really about just staying in the conversation Mm -hmm. and it's really about connecting with the Lord and just continuing to pursue that mm-hmm. um so yeah i would i would encourage i, I would encourage anyone by saying like mm-hmm. it, it prayer is not just a means to and it's our primary call yeah. yeah and i would say this too that you know there probably is about 10 percent of the body of christ that really have a spiritual gift of intercession yeah and mm-hmm. that's amazing we want them we need them we want to activate them um but you know the overall call of the whole body of Christ is, like it says in Second Peter, to be those living stones mm-hmm. built together as a temple for the Lord. Yeah. And so all of us have this call to join in wow. with actually creating a resting place, right. a habitation for the Lord. So I don't care whether or not you have a ministry of intercession. You yeah, that's definitely good. have a call to really be a temple of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. And again, that looks like 
it looks like interacting and and right. you know again I'm yeah staying in the conversation yeah. right like <laughs> that's so good man so i think there's so much that comes out of that um yeah. but i think it's critical for what we're trying to build and you know i think the moment that we're in even in the bigger picture of the globe you know we're really witnessing you know, the gradual decline of Western civilization. And one of the things I've been thinking about a lot recently mm. is um, if you look at the decline of the Roman Empire about 400 yeah, yeah. years after the upper yep, room yep. that we were talking about, one of the things that emerged in that context was the monastic movement. Come on, bro. Right? <laughs> and so there's these monasteries uh, that are popping that. up all yeah. over Europe yeah. as literally the world is crashing down. Mm -hmm. Wow. Right? And so they're popping up all over Europe, and these places are ordered around prayer, yeah, right? right? Like seven times a day. So we get a lot of the concepts and teachings around day and night prayer, right? obviously from the Bible as well. Um, but you know, in a lot of ways, these monasteries became salt and light for, yeah. for Europe yeah. and ended up re-evangelizing Europe in the next you know, years and decades. We should have started our conversation came. right here. Right. Right. So, you know, I know <laughs> yeah, this is kind this is of a good. big picture reality, but I, love I, this, I, I, I feel like one of the things that God is doing around the earth in the prayer movement is he's really giving the nations a way forward. Mm. Um, many times we underestimate how committed God is to giving the nations of the earth a way forward. Mm. And obviously at some point there's going to be the end of the age, right? And right. the age to come. But in the meantime, he's giving the nations a way forward until every nation has heard the gospel, every people group. Right. And I think that in raising up the prayer movement around the earth, I wonder if there's not some similarities yeah. to uh, the, I would say, like the neo-monasticism of yeah. today. Like yeah. there is such a call going out for prayer and even, even a return to some of the contemplative disciplines of solitude and right. silence right. along with that. That I think that is so, it's so important to where we are today because mm. we're so inundated with information. Yeah. Wow. We can go back to what we were talking about earlier, even with saying like, man, isolation is not a good thing. But I think, man, we need to make such a distinction between isolation and solitude. Right. Like isolation is something that happens, happens to us by default because we're not engaging. We're not actually so in good. the purpose of the Lord. But I think solitude is something that happens by design and right. by, by the intention of the Holy Spirit into kind of bringing us into stillness and peace. And right. then from that place, engaging with the craziness right. around us, right. which was a core concept of the monasteries, right? Yeah. So again, all of this needs to be filled by, by prayer movements. But I, I guess the reason I want to talk about this a little bit is because... Okay, so branch community, we want to be a people of prayer. Right. We're having a great time right now. Like it's a it's a more fun season of ministry. Yeah. It really is. It's amazing. I mean, just last week I gave someone a prayer room or a prayer watch orientation for Let's taking go. a prayer watch at five thirty in the morning, Let's you know, before it. they start love their day it. of work. That's exciting to yes. me. Yes. Like I'm like, hey, this is like this is amazing. Like people are really gone for this. Like, I don't know if I would take a prayer watch at five thirty in the morning. Right. But I'm like, this is inspiring. So we're having a lot of fun. It's great. Um, and But I just feel like we need such an awareness that this is not unique to us in any sense. Yeah. That this has been done time and again before, and it's happening across the earth right, right. now. But really realizing, going back to what we said earlier, like there's this story that God is writing in which he has a way forward for the nations. He has a way forward for the completion of the Great Commission. And I think the prayer movement has really been erupting across the globe for... A number of years now, but I, I think we've just barely begun to see wow. like the beginning. Wow. 
and even just God's creativity in the place of prayer, I think we've, we have just barely scratched the surface in what he actually wants to release upon the church. It's just prayer's not a fad. So good. It's not Come a fad. On, it's not going to go out of style yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> like, we don't have to worry about wow. that. Wow. You know? Um, so anyway, Man. I'm, I'm not sure what the question was. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but I would encourage, I think I would want to encourage anyone out there, whether they're leading you know, a prayer meeting with five people in a basement yeah, or right. I don't really know how to encourage someone leading a mega church, but <laughs> I would just say like, you know, anyone out there with a heart for the Lord and wants to lead people, the main thing, the main thing. Um, yeah. you know, just do, do, do whatever it takes to create a culture of prayer. Don't underestimate mm-hmm. the God's creativity and how he wants to establish it in your context. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stay in the conversation. Wow. wow. Yeah. Come on, man. Thank you so much, Steven. This is this has been such a good episode. I don't, don't want to keep talking. I don't want to <laughs> stop, like, this, this could go on for probably another two hours. Yeah. Like, and even, yeah. like, your your wife, Crystal, we, we've been mentioning her. Like, yeah. she's got, like, another another well herself mm-hmm. that, yeah. that, that needs to yeah, be Yeah, she's carried the well. heart of this absolutely for the last eight years. Yeah. I mean, I would say I probably tend to get a little bit more distracted um, I'm pretty mm. driven, and so when mm. I don't get results, I start to like chuck mud at the wall to see what sticks. Right, right. And so she's been a real grounding force for me mm. in my leadership to say, "Hey, remember, it's pretty simple. Like, we need to keep going back <laughs> to the, like back that. to the yes. well, yes. place yes. of prayer and worship." Have she really on. carries that. So mm. honestly, she should probably be doing this podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cool. we'll have her on. We'll have her on. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But before yeah. before we end it, could yeah. you could you just like close it out and just prayer and like yeah. just pray over pray over whatever yeah. you feel like just to pray over yeah, yeah it'd be amazing yeah father we come before you um this afternoon and we thank you that we get to join in with the song of the ages we get to join in with the conversation that's happening between the father son and holy spirit that we get to interact with the prayer of jesus where he said let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and so i just thank you for teaching us and for leading us for being a good shepherd uh, I thank you for Tim and for Nat and his wife and also for John, for the for the team at Gateway, just what they've pioneered here in Lancaster in 24-7 prayer, day and night, exalting Jesus. And we just thank you for that. what that's released across Lancaster and this state and this region. And we're just grateful for that. Um, God, we just pray that anyone that's listening to this conversation would somehow be edified by it, would somehow be encouraged by it. Mm-hmm. And Lord, more than anything, that maybe they'd be inspired to just re-engage with you in a conversation. Um, Maybe they thought that you're not listening to them. Maybe they thought that their words aren't getting through. But I pray that somehow this conversation could be used to just draw them back into relationship with you. Mm. In the name of Jesus, amen. amen. Hey, thanks for listening to Living Prayer Podcast and uh, for tuning in for this episode. We want to keep creating content um, that encourages people to live a life of prayer. So if you're uh, watching this on YouTube, if you want to subscribe, we'd love that. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, if you uh, could follow our show, that that just helps us uh, get the word out to more people. And of course, if you would want to share some thoughts or feedback, we would love to hear that. Any questions you have about and how do I actually live out some of these principles or why you guys care so much about X, Y, and Z, whatever it is, reach out to us. We'd love to hear it and we want to tailor our content to whatever would encourage and edify you the most. So yeah, please do that. You can reach out. Probably the best place is Instagram. Um, so we're Living Prayer Podcast on Instagram. You can uh, direct message us. You can follow us there too. 
um, and yeah, that's our best way to connect. If you're interested in Gateway and kind of what we were talking about with prayer watches and all of that, you can go to gatewayprayer.com and you can find out more about what we do at Gateway House of Prayer. So thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next episode.